So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about hounds at the threshold, i.e. the big scary thing that confronts your life. Now, a lot of the time for people, this is things like your tragic backstory or what's currently going on in your life right now, the world. It can be literally anything. And that is what I want to talk about confronting today. So when I talk about confronting the hounds at the threshold and not utterly getting ripped apart in the process, that is what I am referring to. So hello everyone, I am Caitlin and I will be your mentor for today, and this is You Meet in a Cafe, a podcast where we talk about life developments and how to confront the things that scare you in your life so that you can have the life you want. are howling as they often do they're at the threshold of every adventure and they take many shapes global tragedy and events that far exceed one person's ability to truly contain economic status ill fortune illness a relationship gone awry a history we don't know how to leave there whatever form they take these hounds rarely travel alone there is near to always a veritable pack of them with one or maybe two taking the lead. One could, theoretically, ignore them, try to go around and avoid them altogether, but unfortunately, that rarely works long-term. These hounds will be confronted whether you attempt to tame them or they decide they must chase you down. Avoidance will only go on for so long, after all. But might I suggest that this confrontation be on your terms? and for those terms to be of peace. It should be of note that violence to the hounds is not listed as a viable option there. The reason for this is quite simple. One, because violence to animals, be they real or metaphorical, should never be on the table unless a very non-metaphorical life is on the line. And two, because these are indeed metaphorical hounds and harming them in this instance will ultimately only harm you. Finally, the benefits of making an alliance with your metaphorical hounds, you know, whatever form they should take, will yield far more benefits going forward than any form of violence to them, yourself really, ever could. But why should you? These hounds are howling like they want your flesh. What possible good does it take to befriend the metaphor? Simply because of this. How far has avoiding them or hating them gotten you? Yeah, it's kept you alive thus far, but are you really where you want to go? How far out of your way have you had to go just to avoid them? What are you going to do when the pack drives you to a hopefully metaphorical cliff? I genuinely pray your answer is not to dive off. One would hope that, given that the drive to avoid that which haunts and hunts us is so that we don't have to take a self-destructive leap rather than, you know, the means of turning this into a situation into an advantage. But in this situation, attacking them is only likely to harm oneself, and going so far out of your way to avoid them is pretty much the same. But confronting them, finding out why your mind goes back to them when you lay awake at night thinking about why you can't have the life you want, 
could create a useful symbiotic relationship that could end up far closer to the destination than one might otherwise be. No one said it would be easy, only that it would likely be better than the alternative has been working out for you. And quite frankly, when confronted directly and the issues that drive them are addressed, it can be amazing to just see how many of these hounds will eventually leave of their own accord. Before one befriends the pack, a confrontation is necessary. It should be top of mind to stop running and face them. Count each head and note the size of each. Name them. Which one comes across as more pressing to address than the others? Which seems to work in tandems? Note that in confronting the metaphor, you aren't being torn apart. You certainly aren't comfortable. You're facing down a pack of metaphorical hounds that have been chasing you, after all. But you also aren't dead. And you're not driving yourself further away from your goals to avoid them. So that's a rather large step up for itself. You also aren't driving yourself to exhaustion performing one to avoid the other which can truly only help you at this point. After all, when confronting the hounds at the threshold of one's life, it certainly helps to maintain one's footing. You've counted their numbers and made note of which seems more pressing to address first. You even know what name to call them by. Well, now what? What does knowing the exact specifics of the crippling fears they've been running from gain you? Well, you have a name a solid grasp of the actual scale of what you weren't addressing, for one. It tends to help to know the specifics of one's fears when changing them from the hounds on the hunt to loyal hunting dogs that can assist you in chasing down your goals. Have we tired of the metaphor yet? Do you wish me to speak plainly? Okay. Call your hounds fear of abandonment, monetary anxiety, and the perpetual fear that there will be never be enough time to go after the life you want, and it would be selfish to try anyway. Now swap those for the things you're actually running from, and be honest. That is basically what you're confronting after all. The specific fears that keep you from pursuing any kind of goal. The hounds are simply a useful visual aid. Please do not... I cannot emphasize this enough. Please do not attempt this with actual wild dogs. It should not need to be said, but I am going to say it. Do not try this on real wild dogs. That unfortunately rather necessary disclaimer out of the way. Now that you know the specifics of your personal pack of hounds, how best to confront them? Well, this is where it all gets rather specific and depends entirely on the hounds in question. Much of what I say next here hinges on the assumption that, should you have one, you are taking the advice of a mental health professional who is working alongside you to address these. If your hound is a fear of abandonment, perhaps now is time to take stock of your circle of support and see who genuinely is supporting you and who only supports you when you are molded to their worldview or their perception of you. Be that how they think you are or who they think you should be. If it's a monetary anxiety, is this rooted in the past or the present? Both? Are there practical measures you can take now to ease some of it? 
Is it a matter of timing and shame about doing something so grand for yourself a contributing factor? There are a myriad, literally a million, of scheduling blocking tutorials of just about any lifestyle that can be found on the internet. Surely one or two can help you help you to achieve this. As far as shame goes, this is another scenario where examining factors that feed into this shame would serve you well. It would be imprudent to attempt to list solutions for every single possible blocker to success, as at least a few are most likely going to be missed. A conflict with your goals and your very real concerns for the life you've always led in relation to these goals is not a roadblock to success. It is not an armed militia driving you back to the edge of a cliff, nor are they exceedingly simple to confront and overcome. I realize that. But it is possible to utilize these likely very reasonable fears to create a life that's more sustainable to one's goals. There's a wisdom in fear. There's a logic to be found in that which we flee from. The road forward is in finding out how to turn that wisdom outward rather than as a weapon upon oneself. I do wish you the best of luck, friend. May the hounds that pursue you join you in the hunt for your goals. Yours in adventure and friendship, Caitlin.